He was one of the most colorful characters on rock and roll radio, a DJ known worldwide for his raspy voice and sense of humor. Wolfman Jack is a conglomeration of all the great personalities. Wolfman Jack is a little bit of Alan Freed. It's a little bit of uh, John R. It's a little bit of all those different people I grew up listening to and I love so much. So that's basically what Wolfman Jack really is. Coming up, a conversation from the past with the most famous disc jockey in history, Wolfman Jack, on the off-ramp with Bob Smith. Welcome to the Off-Ramp with Bob Smith, the place to slow down, steer clear of crazy, and take a side road to sanity. A chance to shift gears, learn some facts, and gain some new perspective. One of the favorite mementos of my career is a picture of me, Bob Smith, sitting next to another Bob Smith, a very famous Bob Smith, who went by the name of Wolfman Jack. That's right, Wolfman Jack's real name was Just plain Bob Smith, specifically Robert Weston Smith. We met face-to-face in December 1980 backstage after a concert, but we first connected in a telephone interview he did with me promoting a rock and roll review he was bringing to the Midwest with a roster of famous hitmakers including Bo Diddley, The Crystals, and Freddie Cannon. That Bob Smith had an extremely colorful career. It was back in the day before the web, before MTV, before MP3s streaming music or podcasts. He was the most famous disc jockey in the world when we talked in 1980. But from the moment our call began, he seemed intent on poking fun at me for keeping my original name. Hey! Hey! Hello, Wolfman. How you doing, man? How are you? All right, is this... Bob Smith. Oh, that's me. I know that's you. I'm rolling. <laughs> Sounds like it, doesn't it? I'm rolling if you want to get started here. All right, well, anytime you're ready, man. Oh, okay. Oh, now we're going to do the weather for the valleys and the mountaintops. It's going to be hot, about 200 degrees in Merced, 400 degrees out in Fresno. And I know we're going to have about 500 degrees up around the valley. I wonder, wonder who, who, who wrote the book of love. In the mid-1960s, word about him began to spread, about a crazy disc jockey who went by the name The Wolfman. He was one of the mysterious characters of underground radio, and no one seemed to know who he really was or where he lived. But stories about him began appearing in rock magazines around 1967. His radio shows were zany, and they were being pumped across the border by powerful Mexican radio stations some of them broadcasting with five times more power than any U.S. stations were allowed by our Federal Communications Commission. He played mostly rhythm and blues then, but as his audience grew, he became more commercial. He surfaced and became a top 40 DJ in Los Angeles, then New York, and he played a part in the film American Graffiti that paralleled his life story, that of a disc jockey who had such a mystique he was being sought out by the hero of the film, Richard Dreyfuss, 
By the time I connected with him, the man whose real name was just plain Bob Smith was known worldwide. He was on television on the Midnight Special, on Solid Gold, and other rock TV shows. He'd built up a recording company, a radio and TV syndication network, a virtual empire, just using that voice and that character. Wolfman Jack. I used to have that name Bob Smith just like you got. And uh, it was so corny I had to change it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me look at it from my point of view. Why would a person with a perfectly good name like Bob Smith change it to Wolfman Jack? Well, you know, I, I was looking through the telephone directory one day, you know, and, and I was noticing all the Bob Smiths there was in the telephone directory, right? There must be 4,000 of them, right? That's, I was living in New York at the time. And then I was looking through the telephone directory. I didn't see no name Wolfman Jack in the telephone directory. I said, well, nobody's got that name, so that's the name I'm going to use for myself. <laughs> I think there was a disc jockey named Moondog in New York at the time that you used to listen to as a youngster. Was that an inspiration for you? Yeah, well, you know, I grew up, uh, I was a kid like in uh, in 57 when rock and roll first started. You know, I was going to school and everything. And, and uh, the person who started rock and roll was Alan Freed, you know, in New York City on WINS. <clears throat> he started out and he called himself Moondog, you know. And then he got in a big lawsuit with some prophet in the street who was calling himself Moondog and he had to give up the name. And then he called himself Alan Freed. Anyway, he was the man who coined the phrase rock and roll and he's who I grew up listening to. So that was your inspiration? In a way, yeah, he was a fantastic jock, man. He really was. You're a pretty interesting uh, character in radio. You never really did uh, anything by the book. Uh, before you became famous, you never worked at a powerful American radio station. You never had real high ratings, but you became phenomenally successful as a wild personality. Well, I am uh, a wild personality. I've kind of I've kind of toned down a lot now. You know, I I, I don't uh, crawl buildings or anything like that, or, or you know, uh, to do skydiving or. Uh, <laughs> I gave all those things up, you know. You used to skydive and did stunts like that, huh? Well, I was skydiving, man, long before there was skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd drink a fifth and jump out of the airplane and say, oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, it's kind of ironic. You're the most famous disc jockey in the world, but I think most people who know you have never really heard you on the radio that often. They've seen you in movies, on television, things like that. Well, I still syndicated all over the place, man. I've, I've got, uh, in different towns... Uh, uh, around, like in Dubuque, I'm not on the radio there, mm -hmm. but in other areas I am, you know, and I'm, I'm on in about 150 markets altogether. Would you mind going back for just a moment here? Uh, you're from New York. Uh, originally, I understand from what you say. How did you get into radio and where? Well, when I was a youngster, you know, I, I grew up listening to uh, to Moondog, you know, Alan Freed. Like you said, uh -huh. And I, I just wanted to create the same excitement that that man created. He was phenomenal. He had the whole city rocking rhythm, you know. And the scene, when he came on the air at night, man, New York would rock. So I tried to get a job on American radio, and they didn't dig where I was coming from, you know. So uh, I tried and tried and tried, and then finally I went down south to Mexico, and I got on that big station XCRF from Via Cunha, Coahuila, Mexico, and it's just across the border from Del Rio, Texas. That was 250,000 watts. You could hear that station driving from New York to L.A., you know. And I stayed there for about four years, and uh, we sold everything from baby chickens to, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, nose guards. Mail order things. All right? mail order things. Royal Crown hair jelly, you know. <laughs> well, at one time, your show was on, what, three different stations broadcasting out of Mexico, wasn't it? XERB, XEG, and XERF? Yeah, I had one time, I had them on XERF, XEG, and, and XERB. And, uh, you know, XEG is in, in middle America, you know, cover all of Texas down there. 
XCRF was the real big powerful one, and then XCRB covers the West Coast here, about 13 states on the West Coast. Now, for the benefit of our listeners, 50,000 watts is the highest an American AM radio station can go, and Wolfman was on three stations. One was 50,000, one was 100,000, one was 250,000 watts just across the border there. Well, you got your history down right, man. <laughs> now, before that time, you were in Louisiana, I understand, at one time working as a radio station manager, and you were... Pretty conservative during the day with the businessman selling advertising, and then you turned yourself into that wild wolf man at night. Well, you got to remember back in those days, uh, if you was real crazy, you know, they brought the men with the white sheets and they put you in, a, in the funny farm, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you, you had to kind of hide it. You had to be closet crazy back in those days. So uh, that's what I was basically doing. I was closet crazy, and in the, during the daytime, I wore a little skinny tie and, uh, you know, my uh, and, and my little funny haircut and everything, and, and that's that's where I did business as a manager, as Bob Smith. Gee, I, that's manager. a strange name. Did, <laughs> did anybody ever find out and uh, have any we adverse reaction? Are we Bob? Huh? We ain't related. You ain't a cousin or something, are you? Not that I know of. I'm, it could be, you know. <laughs> well, I'm from Ohio originally, but it goes back to the East Coast from there, so there's a possibility. Well, you know, my grandmother was... Uh, uh, was Pocahontas, you know. <laughs> oh, I see. Captain John Smith, right? Right. <laughs> that was my grandmother, Pocahontas. It's the Indian side of me, you know what I mean? <laughs> when you were on those uh, stations on the uh, in the Mexican area there, and you got you must have gotten letters from all up and down the, the United States, Seattle. Uh, what? Did you have a lot of fan mail in those days? Well, I tell you, I still get a lot, man. And it's, and it's still, it, it, it's, it's always been like uh, uh, every state in the Union, you know? Mm-hmm. And plus... Outside, too. You know, I'm on the American Forces, been there for 12 years, and uh, I, I've been on that that, that situation. They, they, they cover about 52 countries. There's about, like, something like 1,000, 1,200 radio stations here. You're literally heard all over the world, then. Very but good. I say they, 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 they don't get enough of the wolf, man. You know what? I should really be on your station there, right there in Dubuque. Man. Well, you're on, you're on right now. Huh? You're on right now. Yeah, but I know i got a great radio show, though. I do an oldie show, and then, I, of course, I do a hit show. And, and you should ask the folks out there, they'd like to have Bob Smith on the radio. Okay. When you when you started out doing your Wolfman character, were you sort of disguising the fact that you were a white man playing what was essentially in those days black music? No, 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 no. I mean, there was a lot of white jocks playing black music in those days. It wasn't that way. I mean, like John John uh, John R. from WLAC in Nashville, you uh -huh. know? Old Jewish guy. Sounded great. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and then there, was, then there was a whole lot. Hoss Allen, you know, and... Uh, I can think of so many jocks that were, that, that were, you know, were, were into that bag. It was into that bag, man. It wasn't a, wasn't a color thing. It was a style. Personality in radio. Uh, you certainly have uh, kept that going all these years, and there have, been, uh, there have been faceless people on the air for quite a few years. How did you manage? You must have had problems sometimes because people thought you were just a little too wild for their stations. Yeah, I had a lot of problems, man, but I tell you, you know, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's kept going. I'm I'm very upset with the way pop radio is going today. I think it's very very bland, very dull. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we, we need more uh, crazy things, you know, unpredictable things happening because that's that's what always drew the audience. That that, that that's what always made everybody, you know, uh, uh, tune in and give you the numbers. As as it was when you were a youngster listening to the radio. And they ain't doing it today. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's a shame. You know, we play twenty records and that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
When when you were when you were in the uh, in the Mexican area there doing all that and uh, pumping up your sound to Los Angeles, you were pretty much of an invisible personality. Uh, from what I understand, you went to great lengths to well disguise where you were, who you were. Uh, I got an article I read last night that Tom Nolan wrote in Cheetah Magazine back in the '60s about trying to make contact with you, and he met Bob Smith, but he couldn't find Wolfman Jack. And you never did radio interviews like you're doing right now either, did you? Well, you see, back in those days, I wasn't trying to. Uh, 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 Wolfman Jack was not my main my main way of making money, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, I did Wolfman Jack really to save money because I ran Wolfman Jack on a radio station so they didn't have to hire another jock to pay him some money, you know? <laughs> so, so what I did is I did most of the taping myself and then I went out and sold it. So I was like two different people. The one on the air, I, I, I still talk about him like he's somebody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bob Smith went out and got the business, you know what I mean? When you think Wolfman Jack, it's like another person takes over your personality. I'm definitely a schizoid, man. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking, <laughs> not necessarily in those terms, uh, Wolfman. Wolfman Jack is a conglomeration of all the great personalities that really had something going. And uh, uh, Wolfman Jack is a little bit of Alan Freed, it's a little bit of uh, John R., it's a little bit of uh, of Roscoe, you know, remember the guy Mommy O' Daddy O' gonna take off in his spaceship, you know? Right. And uh, it's a little bit of all those different people I grew up listening to and I love so much, so that's basically what Wolfman Coming up next, Wolfman Jack talks about his role in a film that brought him much success and popularity, American Graffiti, when The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith continues. Welcome back to The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith. One of the subplots of the film American Graffiti was what was going on on the radio. And what was going on on the radio was The Wolfman Jack Show. Richard Dreyfus, the hero of the film, was constantly trying to find this mysterious, all-seeing, all-knowing voice. And the subplot mirrored Wolfman Jack's early career as an underground disc jockey when he was a voice everyone liked, but no one seemed to know too much about. Who is this on the Wolfman Telephone? Going Little Rock, way down the valley. You call from Little Rock, California? Yeah, long distance. My, my, my. Listen, man, what, 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 what kind of entertainment you got in that town? Uh, all we got is you. <laughs> All right, baby. Here we go with another call out of the stations. Can you dig it? Answer the phone, dummy. Pinky's Pizza. Uh, yeah, listen, you got any more of those secret agent spy scopes? Hip right on the stethoscope. No, no, the secret agent spy scope, man. That pulls in the moon, the stars, the planets, and the satellites, and hey, spacemen. You must have the wrong number, partner. If you want a jitter jive, bust around, Fanny Man. How about the movie American Graffiti? How did you get asked to do that? Well, George Lucas already had it in his mind, you know, to do that movie. And and when he came to me, he had me plan to do the to, to do the movie. And when I met him uh, and saw that I was in every piece of the script and everything like that, I I actually offered him some money. I figured he'd need some backing or something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. Luckily enough, the movie came out, became a classic, and uh, it's it's a very lucky, fortunate thing to be in a motion picture like that. Did that do a lot for your career? I know you were known before that, but I think uh, the mainstream of people, say in this portion of the country, in the Midwest here, who might not have heard Wolfman Jack on the radio, suddenly became aware, really, of this man that they had sort of heard about on the fringes. No, it did. It did, it did a lot for my career, definitely, and, and just like the Midnight Special has done a lot, you know, being on 
on that television show for nine years, you know? Being on radio for 20 years, you know what I mean? All that's done a lot, I think. Being around has done a lot, you understand? Just being visible, uh huh? Yeah, just surviving, you know, <laughs> hanging on by your fingernails all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a lot of work. You're into, you're into syndication, radio. You've been doing some acting on television, too. Well, actually, I'll do anything I can get a hold of, man, if they want to, you know, if they want to give it to me, you know? <laughs> For money? Is that what you're saying, Wolfman? Well, it's not all money. I just like to get on the stage and do my little thing, whatever it is. Uh-huh. So, therefore, anything anybody got for me, I listen very closely, and if I can do it, I say, yes, sir. And then I send the lawyers in to make the deal with them, you know what I mean? <laughs> I see what you mean. Well, when you get that big, you got other people handling your business for you. Yeah, it's trouble. I got too many people handling my business. You're based in L.A. these days. You have a family, but we never hear how many kids you have or anything like that. Well, I'm a, I'm a very family-orientated person, man. I've been married to Wolf Woman for 20 years. Wolf Woman. <laughs> and, uh... uh I got two kids, you know, a son and a daughter. And after I had the son and the daughter, I said, that's it. You know, we're going to close it off. <laughs> not going to let no more through, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and they're both grown now. They're both about, one's 20, one's 17. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't feel like a papa anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it sort of happened and it's gone. It's way, gone, not. yeah, it's finished. I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> when you, when you, just, uh, just getting on your kids for just a moment without getting too personal about it, when they were growing up, they heard a wolfman on the radio. Did they realize that was Dad? Did they? Did, was there a point when they finally said, "Gosh, that's that's Dad that's on the air"? Oh, it's the same thing I do on the radio. I do at home all the time. You know, so they knew it was me. You know, when I call for them, I go, Aah! and then they go back. They say, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we do that all the time in the house. The only kids in the neighborhood that have a father like you, huh? Well, I tell you, they were very fortunate to have me for a father, man, because I let them do anything they wanted to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about the show you're bringing with the Crystals and Bo Diddley and Jane 50. Well, it's going to be a nostalgia show, of course. And, and if you've ever heard of uh, uh, Catafio and the Jane 50s, you realize that uh, it's a heck of a good band. And along with us going to be Bo Diddley and the Crystals. So, I mean, uh, it, it, you can look forward to a real, real good time. And it's going to be a lot of fun dancing, drinking, having a good time, you know. Those days with uh, Bo Diddley and the Crystals, those were some of those early days you were referring to, back in the early 60s, late 50s. Yeah, I've been knowing Bo Diddley for 25 years. I mean, he's uh, he's still going strong, still does at least, he must do 200 gigs a year, you know. Out of 365 days, he does at, at least 200 days. He's still working, the Crystals still working. These are all the originals, too. We don't bring in no phonies when we're doing a Wolfman Jack rock and roll is here to stay show, you know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, Wolfman. Let me ask you one more thing here, and we'll let you go. I know you got business to attend to here. You've uh, you came out at a time when radio was uh, getting rolling in terms of rock and roll radio. You became a big personality. You survived a lot of ups and downs. I know what the radio business is like over the years. You, you were starving at times, I'm sure. Come back on tap. What about your career? Is Wolfman going to be around another 20 years from now? Well, I don't know whether your Wolfman will be around for another 20 years. I feel like I'm slipping into the toilet right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I keep trying, man. Like I say, I'm syndicated in about 150 markets. I still do the Midnight Special. I do a lot of TV shows. I got a, a, a TV production company now that I'm, that I'm, I'm cranking out a lot of shows that uh, you might not see me in, but, uh, you know, I'm producing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I'm doing a lot of movies. If you go to see Motel Hell, you'll see the old Wolfman in that picture. And uh, I'm in a lot of other B movies, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm going to do a movie called Linda Lovelace Meets Wolfman Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding, Bob. Yes, I understand, Wolfman. Thank but you for I'm, that. 
to answer your question briefly, I'm going to keep cooking, and if the folks still want the old Wolfman, I'm going to be here. All righty. How about a Wolfman Hell before we leave you? Uh, do I have to? Well, why, why not? <laughs> We're paying you a lot of money for this interview. Anything for you, Bob. You know what I mean? Anybody with the name Bob Smith got to be kin to me some kind of way. <laughs> here we go. Wolfman Jack. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you too. You're gonna be there, ain't you, man? Well, sure. You're the next best thing to Dick Clark. Well, I hope so. <laughs> or maybe you're better. I ain't as pretty as Dick Clark, though. You gotta remember that. <laughs> okay. You know? Okay, Wolfman. All right. Thank you for talking to us. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hello. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 13. How old are you? I'm only 14. Oh, boy, I love you, Well, you can bet I was there the night Wolfman Jack rolled into town. I was looking forward to his performance, and he didn't disappoint. Here's some of his patter which I recorded as he emceed his nostalgia show. Ain't nothing like those oldies but goodies. They're always there because you need them. How many folks out here with problems tonight? Raise your hand. Well, I tell you, those oldies but goodies solve all problems. Yes, I say unto you, good people of the Good Rock and Roll Fellowship, we are gathered here to get the feeling and to get down and dirty with one another. Later in the dressing room he shared with the legendary performer Bo Diddley, I had a chance to talk to Wolfman Jack face to face. How many of these shows you do a year? Oh, how many shows? I don't know. 180, 200 maybe, you know? And uh, on, on the road a lot of times. I see Bo Diddley an awful lot. You know, me and Bo Diddley. How, how many dates have we done together, Bo Diddley? Many. <laughs> About 50 or 60 or something like that, you know? And then we just did this one with Joe Catathio and the Jade 50s. Many, many, many. And, uh, Your voice always been the, this, this Wolfman voice. I know you talked about it on the phone a little bit, but I know how you, you adopted the Wolfman with the Moondog and so forth, but has your voice always been low like this? Or is this... Well, I tell you, I'm... Uh, I'm a little fatigued, man. You know, the, uh, we came in, uh, let me see, we came in from Los Angeles to Chicago. And then from Chicago, we got, uh, we, we couldn't fly in here because of the, you know, the fog and everything. Mm -hmm. And then we so get the into Waterloo, uh, Waterloo right? <laughs> and it's all fogged in there. We had to rent a car, me, Bo Diddley, riding down the highway, you know, about an hour and a half to get here do, and do the gig. I've been gone since about four o'clock in the morning. I think my I think fatigue has finally reached me. You know what I mean? I'm on my knees. You know. <laughs> you said you had some movies coming up. You mentioned Motel Hell when I talked to you, but you said the, you gave the indication there might be some others in the can or coming on the way. Yeah, I got a lot of projects happening, and uh, a lot of TV things are going to be happening this next fall. And uh, also, the, there's a. Uh, one of the big movie companies have the uh, the picture, the XCRF story, you know, which is about that big Mexican station down there. Oh, you worked in, yeah, down And and that's that's going to be uh, done next year. And uh, Motel Hell did pretty good, you know. I had just a little bit part there, but it did pretty good, man. Everything else doing well. The Midnight Special doing well. The Old Wolf Man doing uh, fairly well. And I'm going to be doing better shortly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Weston Smith, also known as Wolfman Jack, was 42 the night I interviewed him in that dressing room. He died of a heart attack 15 years later at the age of 57, on July 1, 1995, at his home in Belvedere, North Carolina.
shortly after recording his weekly radio show. I told you earlier about one of the favorite pictures from my radio career, Bob Smith sitting next to Bob Smith. But an even better memento is an 8x10 glossy signed in this way. To Bob Smith, I love that name. You wear that thing better than I do. Signed, Wolfman Jack. Well, that's it. Hope you enjoyed our look back at that very colorful personality, Wolfman Jack. And that you'll join us again next time, here on The Off-Ramp, with Bob Smith. Um, the other Bob Smith. The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith is produced in association with CPL Radio and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.